there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week we are celebrating Mother's Day. Woo! Shout out to all the mamas out there. And today we have a very special guest, my mother. Ladies and gentlemen, audience of Shoot the Flick, welcome once again to the podcast, Jennifer Sparks. Hello, hello, hello. Woo! We decided to torture her today. <laughs> that she did. Well, okay. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Are you going to watch some schmaltzy chick flick type movie? No. No. Damn straight no. We are not doing that because I wanted to shake it up a little bit. There's a particularly horrible movie (laughs) that I have seen that neither my mother nor Scott had seen before. Mom was really hoping we would watch Mamma Mia 2. (laughs) Because we watched Mamma Mia 1 together last time she was on, and we had a grand old time, didn't we? We did. We did. But no, uh, this this time, it, it's significantly less wonderful. <laughs> significantly. <laughs> I introduced both Scott and my dear mother here to Cats, released in 2019. Yeah, so great. So wonderful. Uh, I, I was so excited to watch this from the moment it was on our schedule. Literally both of them tried multiple times to get out of this like, and either get me to change to another movie or just like skip it all together. <laughs> but no, I was insistent because... You like to torture us? Well, yes, that's, that's true. But I thought it would be fun because my mom has a particular connection, a personal connection with the property of cats. Mom, do you want to just explain very briefly... Your connection to the show Cats? My second date with your father, he took me to see the Broadway Cats. And at the time, that was a hot ticket to get. Right. On on paper and recently because of this movie, everyone who's seen it or heard of it, whatever, just look at it like, how was this a thing? But at the time, when was that? Like the That was 32 years ago, probably. Yeah, so the 80s. So around that time in the 80s, Cats was like the hot shit. Like It was. It was hard to get tickets. And when he said, oh, we want to go see Cats, I was like, how are you going to get tickets? He's like, don't worry about it. I'll get them. I know it was a while ago, but what do you yeah. remember <laughs> about the experience of Cats on Broadway? Um, not much. I remember memories, and that's about it. Because I was... Anyone. On my second date with your father, so I was a little preoccupied. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, baby. But I I always remember you telling that story of how uh, Daddy got you tickets to the show and you Mm -hmm. went on the day. It was very, it's a very cute little anecdote. So I figure what better way to celebrate Mother's Day (laughs) than to make you completely just ruin that memory (laughs) by watching this movie. So let's let's start with you, Scott, uh, before we get into the background info. What are your initial roundabout thoughts after seeing this movie? Because after we watched it, you needed some time to recover mentally. <laughs> it, it was a trip. Yeah, it was it was like my mind had decided to leave my body. It was almost like I was in a daze, like after I got the second shot of the vaccine. I was just in a daze. Uh, I didn't know what I was witnessing. I had to recenter myself with Jason Goes to Hell, which isn't a good movie, but it somehow recentered me. I don't know how I go from Cats to Jason Goes to Hell, but I went there. Oh, and yeah, you put this at the bottom of your 2019 rated movies list, right? Yeah, I did. It, it's uh, it's fighting at the bottom of doom annihilation and x-men dark phoenix so uh yeah that's where we're at guys (laughs) mother dearest yes what what are your initial overall thoughts on the movie after you watched i thought it was perfect oh no (laughs) (laughs) because cats Uh. guys get it there were a lot of cat puns a lot of cat puns uh it was pretty bad (laughs) 
Uh, but uh, pretty much everyone in creation agrees with your guys' sentiments. It is number 25 on IMDb's worst rated list. It has a 20% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it made $73.8 million, which seems like a lot. But the budget for this movie was $95 million. Oh, wow. So it didn't make its money. It's probably even more than that because of like advertising. and Always double when you add advertising. Right. So it, w- it was a pretty horrible flop. But um, let's let's just give you guys some background on the musical cast because you guys know if you listen to our show previously, I'm a big musical nerd, so I gotta hit you with the facts. Uh, the original Broadway show was composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber, who gave us such shows as Jesus Christ Superstar, School of Rock, the musical, and a uh, fan of the opera, obviously. It was a real passion project for Andrew Lloyd Webber. It was based on a book from his childhood, Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. Apparently, it was a a big hit for the the British children. I don't know. But (laughs) it essentially tells the story of a tribe of cats called the Jellicles. And the night they decide which cat will ascend to the heavens to be reincarnated. The Broadway production ran for 18 years, 7,485 performances. The fourth longest running Broadway show of all time. Nominated for 10 Tonys, won seven, including Best Musical in 1983. And despite that burst of love, critics did call out the show's weirdness and lack of plot, which is very present here in the movie. So if anything, it's a faithful adaptation of the Broadway show. (laughs) My first question from all of this, before we even get into anything... What the fuck is a jellicle? I, I have no idea. I don't think you find out throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, they never actually say what a jellicle cat is. They say the word jellicle about 50,000 <laughs> times, but they never explain actually what it is. <laughs> but the movie was directed by Tom Hooper, who we actually discussed on another episode of the show when we discussed Lay Miz. Because he also directed Les Mis. Scott wants to kill himself right now. (laughs) Like Les Mis, the songs were sung live on the set. Which I think is... It's an impressive feat for the people that can actually sing. There are people in this movie that are singing that don't really sing good. And they shouldn't sing ever. (laughs) Yeah, the issue with singing live on set... You can barely understand half of what they're singing. It's just like, what did they say? Was that our 130th cat pun? I'm not quite sure. While in Les Mis, they're loud, they're boisterous, and you can kind of make out everything. This is just like a muddled mess of garbage. But the thing that is even weirder, though, is that because it was directed by Tom Hooper, and because it's such a big musical... In the beginning of that year, there was so much talk about this movie's Oscar chances. And it's so bizarre because as soon as the trailer came out and everyone saw how shitty it looked, that Oscar talk ceased. (laughs) But you can tell watching this movie that a lot of the actors are really trying And I can only assume that they're trying to the extent they are because they think they're getting an Oscar nom out of this, (laughs) which is fucking bizarre. (laughs) This movie was also co-written by Tom Hooper. This is the only film he's ever had a writing credit, but it was also written by a man named Lee Hall, who wrote such films as Billy Elliot and Rocket Man, which also came out the same year as Cats, which... I would just, if I were Mr. Hall, I would bank on Rocket Man and just erase cats from my filmography <laughs> if I could. And of course, this movie wasn't actually nominated for any Oscars, but it was nominated for not one, not two, not three, not seven, 
but nine, <laughs> nine Razzie Awards. <laughs> well deserved, well deserved. <laughs> it won six of them, including Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst On-Screen Combo, and uh, that was for any two half-feline, half-human abominations. <laughs> Just a little fun fact. Jason Derulo was also nominated in the Worst On-Screen Combo category for his combination with his CGI bulge because they put a lot of emphasis on the bulge for Jason Derulo. We'll talk about that when we get there. But it also won the worst picture of 2019 and it was nominated with such gems as Medea Family Funeral, Rambo Last Blood, The Fanatic, and The Haunting of Sharon Tate. So... This movie was worse than all of those. <laughs> so, I think we can get into the nitty and the gritty. What do you guys think? Sounds great. Yeah, sure. Sounds wonderful. Sounds like the faster we get this done, the quicker Cats is out of our lives. What a happy Mother's Day this is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I did to use, but... <laughs> oh, I have a list. No, I'm kidding. So, we start off with a uh, cute little white kitty cat, of course, named Victoria, or as Scott called her throughout most of the movie, (laughs) Veronica. (laughs) It's fine. We don't need to know the main character's name. That's not important. They quickly go on to say that all cats have three names, so her other name could have been Veronica. But it wasn't. (laughs) That does, they never say the other two. One of them could have been Veronica. It was fine. What's weird, though, is that all the cats in this movie have, like, the most bizarre fucking names. Like, half of them have, like, at least fucking 17 fucking syllables. And this one's just Victoria. <laughs> but Victoria is thrown out of a car by a human lady. And uh, when that happens, several other alley cats introduce themselves to Victoria as Jellicle Cats. What is a Jellicle cat? We don't know. We'll never know. Stop asking that question. We go right into our first song called Jellicle Songs for Jellicle Cats. And, um, I, um. Jellicle songs for Jellicle Cats. 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 Yep. I I don't know, guys. The thing is, when you first watch this movie, you're not even paying attention to the song or any potential sort of kind of maybe plot that's being established. You're just so focused on the ugliest of ugly, shitty, incompetently made visuals. Yeah, whether you have the sets or the cats themselves... There's also a weird focus on their backsides. I guess that's why the joke has become that we need a butthole cut of cats. But do we, though? Anything to try and make this movie a little bit more sexual. Just a little bit more sexual. It was already pretty sexual to begin with, right? Well, they have Rebel over there spreading her legs and putting her tail between it and caressing it. So it's a little strange. Ew. We'll also get there. We're in for a treat today, guys. Make sure your moms are all huddled around listening to this episode with yeah, you. Yeah, you won't want to miss this. <laughs> From the second the trailer was released, everyone saw how shitty these visuals looked. And to be fair, like a Cats movie did not even need to be made. Because how do you, how do you make this look not weird, even if you just had people dressing in cat suits it would still look weird because it's cats i don't know it's also weird because you gotta think about nobody was asking for like a revival of cats cats was around what 18 years you said before i feel like it did its time it was 18 years you had your lay miz you had your moulin rouge we have moved on from cats who was calling for this to happen (laughs) who not me Oh, but mom, you you saw the original. Don't you were you were tapping along to some of the songs. I saw you. Well, over there. I remembered the songs, but you know everybody knows the songs. <laughs> well, what made the visuals even worse, if you can even say that, is that 
the VFX artists on this movie have gone on record saying they only had four months to produce the film. They had 90 hour work weeks and Tom Hooper didn't even have them use mocap suits. So all of the fur and everything, they had to do it manually. So they were just fucking pissed off at Hooper and it was just a very contentious environment. And you can tell because whenever there's a close-up on one of the cat's faces, their human face is like off kilter to the cat face. Nothing is real and nothing makes sense. But don't you know, Frankie, everybody wants to be a cat. Because the cat's the only cat who knows where it's at. Everybody. That's the wrong movie. That's just one of the movies I would rather be watching instead of watching Cats yeah, at this point. Yeah, why can't we watch Aristocats? <laughs> or, you know, Cats versus Dogs. Or, hell, I'll do Halle Berry's Catwoman instead of Cats. That's that's a fucking heavy statement. <laughs> but would it surprise you, either of you, that this was originally intended to be an animated film? It might have been better. Couldn't have been any worse. That actually probably could have worked, to be honest. Well, yeah, back in, I think, the early 90s, Spielberg's animation company, Amblimation, who did uh, Balto and Five Goes West, they had the rights to Cats and they were going to make an animated film out of it, which I think would have probably did better because there's no way to make anthropomorphic cats in live action seem not weird. But uh, the project was abandoned when the studio tanked in 97. But exactly, the 90s, that would have made the most sense because Cats was still a thing. People still knew about, like, having it come out in 2019, you've missed the boat. The boat has passed. We didn't need to go backwards. (laughs) Stop going back to things that don't need to be remade now. But our, our main lead, Victoria, who is played by Francesca Hayward in her film debut, Good God, what a decision that was, who, by the way, was also nominated for Worst Lead Actress at the Razzie Awards and lost to Hilary Duff in the Sharon Tate film. Hilary Duff was in the Sharon Tate film? Yeah, she played Sharon Tate. <laughs> really? Yeah. That, you don't know about this? <laughs> that was probably pretty bad. Then, oh, so. it was awful. <laughs> It was very weird. I think the premise of the film was that she wasn't murdered. She was being haunted by a ghost and the ghost killed her. I'm pretty sure that's the premise of the film, which is incredibly disrespectful because Sharon Tate is an actual human that was murdered. I don't understand that. (laughs) At least when Quentin brought in Sharon Tate, he just didn't kill her. He killed the cult members. He didn't kill Sharon. But God damn it, a ghost. But anyway, Victoria meets several different alley cats, all of them with fucking stupid-ass names. We meet Mr. Mistopheles, who is a magical cat, which basically means he wears a top hat and a little black bejeweled jacket because he's a magician. He was the cutest cat, though. He was cute, and he had the only song that I actually liked, probably, except for memory, but we'll talk about that. And then we meet Monkustrap, who is like the head guy cat he's basically like the royal vizier of the alley cats essentially he you know was that james gordon exposits exposition Who's no the, like the main guy oh, the, cat oh, 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 the one that, that was, was introducing her to everything yeah he yeah. was ugly he was creepy. he was really creepy was looking creepy. Oh, see i don't even remember him saying his name in the movie at all oh he didn't i had to look that up on wiki okay also just uh because we did introduce mr mistopheles god it's a fucking dumb name <laughs> But it also starts the question of why do some cats wear clothes and other cats don't? Why are some cats naked and others are not? Also, some are shy and some aren't. Some are modest. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, Scott, don't judge people or cats on their personal preferences. Okay, this is a judgment-free zone. And we also meet the villain of our film. McCavity, played by Idris Elba. Now, this is what I mean by clearly some of these actors thought that this was going to be an Oscar bait movie because why the fuck would Idris Elba do this movie? 
Uh, you I can don't ask know. that question about a lot of people in this movie. Like oh, absolutely. It's weird because for half of the movie, he has this uh, duster on and this cool hat. And he's got these uh, green uh, contacts in that make him look cat-like and it's okay. Like, cool, bro. You look cool. But then the other half of the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. He decides he's just going to be naked. Not and, a good look. And mom was fucking traumatized. <laughs> Not a good look at all. <laughs> Fun fact, at, at one point in this movie, there is a musical number that features both mice and cockroaches. <laughs> and my mom hates mice, rodents right. of any kind. She is terrified of them. So we had a grand old time watching that number yes. and watching her squirm. That was really fun for us. But anyway, after the movie was done... I, we were talking about it, me and my mom, and I'm like, what was the worst part of the movie? And I'm like, oh, the mice, obviously, right? Nope. For you? And she's like, nope. <laughs> what did you say, Ma? McCafferty dancing naked. <laughs> <laughs> it was really traumatizing to watch. The sad part is, if you took away the cat part of the McCafferty design and just left him with the green eyes and the duster, I think Idris Elba actually would have been a very good villain. Like, he's kind of creepy in this role. Oh, he was fine throughout the movie until that part. Well, yeah. He took the jacket off and, I don't know, it looked weird in that bodysuit. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it definitely did look weird. I'm just saying, like, the, just that look of him was like, that's a good villain look. I would love to see him actually just take that into a different movie. I agree with that. But I think it's, I think it's so disturbing because for some reason, it really was just with him. I don't know why they didn't really do this with the other cats, but... They made his fur completely match his skin tone. So when he takes off the jacket and he starts dancing naked, he really looks naked and it's weird. <laughs> it's like, ew, I feel like it like I feel like it's wrong to watch this. And it was funny, my mom was like, Ew, I hate this. He's so ugly naked. And I'm like, oh my god, something no one has ever said to Idris Elba ever in life. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Because he's fine. Basically, this whole beginning part is just expositional nonsense. Like, there's a whole section where all the cats do this weird chanting thing. And they're telling Victoria that all the cats have special names. And it's like, okay, this is weird. I feel like I'm in a cult made up of cats. It's weird. I hate it. Join us. Join us. Join Meow. us. <laughs> There's a lot of ballet dancing, too, in the beginning there. Yeah, that's the thing, too. The dancing is good. Like, the girl Victoria, her actress, is, is she's clearly a dancer. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of dance-centric numbers in here. And it makes me kind of sad because they're clearly talented, the dancers, and whoever this choreographer is, very talented. But they're just completely wasted on this trash. It's like, ugh. Then we get, I guess, the plot exposition. The plot is very thin and very vague and confusing, but I'm going to try to explain it the best I can. So the, the cats explain to Victoria that they are preparing for the Jellicle Ball, which is an annual ceremony where the cats compete to be chosen to go to the heavy side layer, which is heaven. I don't know why they call it the heavy side layer. Just call it heaven. Your movie is already very confusing. Let's not make it worse. <laughs> but this special cat is chosen to go to the heavy side layer to be reincarnated and have a new life. And everything is wonderful. And they are chosen by the Jellicle Cats matriarch, old Deuteronomy, who we will get to in, in a little while. But in order to compete for this opportunity to be reincarnated, they have to sing a song, of course, because we're in a musical, goddammit. So basically the whole plot, quote unquote, of the movie is meeting different Jellicle cats and having each of them sing about who they are and why they deserve another life. The other thing about this that boggles my mind, why the fuck... Does anybody give a shit? What? Veronica? Victoria! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we just made fun of you for that, Scott. It doesn't matter. She's the white main cat. She's a jellical cat. <laughs> <laughs> 
why the fuck do any of these cats care what Victoria thinks? She just got dumped off in the bag literally 20 seconds ago. Well, I don't think they care what she thinks, right? They're just trying to explain it to her, what's going to happen. But they're, like, dragging her around and, like, they're making sure she's involved. Yeah. She's just this random new cat. Because the musical has to happen, Scott, okay? The story <laughs> has to happen. So we need to explain things to Victoria, who is basically the audience, so you're saying we're all cats on the inside. Oh cats God, is all no. of us. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Once we know that we are, we're all stars and we see that. We're all in this together. <laughs> I know I've got my mother in on it. Anyway, so now we're going to start meeting some of the Jellicoe cats and having some of their musical numbers here so the first one oh my god jenny any dots that's the name of the cat jenny any dots five syllables for one little cat well not little no 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 <laughs> yeah, no. no no that's true <laughs> played by rebel wilson who won the razzie award for worst supporting actress congratulations Yay. hooray hurrah <laughs> She sings a song called The Old Gumby Cat. And essentially the whole point of the song is I'm lazy and I have friends that are mice and, and cockroaches roaches. and I want to have a new life because I don't know why you would deserve it if you're a lazy fuck like that. But OK, can we rather instead of keep talking about cats, can we talk about the old show Gumby? I want to talk about Gumby, you know, the green little guy. He- what was, was the his- horse's name again? Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Of course, of course. So (laughs) we go through this song and it's one of the more visually disturbing songs of the movie, I would say. Would we agree? It was pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. From the mice children, which... The mice children. (laughs) They are. They're all kids for some reason. And it just, it looks even more unpleasant having the kids' faces on the mice. You know what it reminded me a little of? Wizard of Oz with the munchkins. The, the, the mice children look even more unpleasant than the cats. Yeah, they, they look very strange. There was one shot where the camera actually like was in between her legs filming the mice, the mice. children. And I'm like... Ew, like, ew, and it's like furry in the nether regions, and I'm like, gross. But then when the roaches are marching, Rebel Wilson goes, haha, don't get cocky. <laughs> because cockroaches, the puns aren't just exclusive to cat related. Oh, no, no. We have all the animals in the animal kingdom present here. But I would say probably the worst part of this number. Well, Scott, why don't you explain it? The worst part of this number is suddenly Rebel Wilson, looking at the camera, unzips her body to reveal a circus leader outfit underneath her skin, which you're like, oh my god, when did this become a horror movie? Like, <laughs> This was the first time in the movie where my mom really like bugged out, like, oh my god, and I was like, hysterical laughing. But uh, after her song... We get introduced to Rum Tum Tugger, played by Jason Derulo. You know, that guy. And he's he's putting on a, a pretty shitty British accent for some reason. He's the cool cat. Yeah, he's the cool cat. Rebel Wilson actually makes a, a, a joke about him being neutered because he can do so many falsettos. Get it? Because he's a cat. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if he can sing high, he must be neutered. This is also the same guy who got in trouble on Instagram for showing too much of his dick. Hence oh, the bulge. Uh, <laughs> but it, like he can actually sing at least. Rebel Wilson can't sing for shit. So her voice the whole time is just like. She was in pitch perfect. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Jason Derulo. While he's doing his very best Michael Jackson impression throughout the whole song, he can at least sing, so it's it's worth it. But he's basically like the Elvis cat. Like all the girl cats are swooning, swooning yes. <laughs> and they're they're just ready to pounce because they're cats. Ha ha ha! And <laughs> that's basically all he sings about. That he's cool and down to fuck. <laughs> that's yeah. basically his song. And then after Rum Tum Tugga's song. 
we meet another cat by the name of Grizabella the Glamour Cat. And she's played by Jennifer Hudson. And she is yet another actor in this film that clearly, I would say probably the most, is trying too damn hard to get that Oscar nomination. (laughs) She does have snot on her face throughout the whole movie. (laughs) Yes, Mom, because when you cry, you have snot all over your face and it's real. But it got on her fur. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you see her, she's dripping. There was one point where she's like, peeking her head around a corner and there's just a a lonely drop of snot just sitting ever so gently on her lips and i'm like just wipe your fucking (laughs) nose (laughs) you're a cat lick it oh my god (laughs) but she shows up and all the other cats hate her ass and victoria is confused they're like why is this one random cat so shunned the other cats explain oh she's a piece of shit she used to run with McCavity. She used to be this the star, this cat superstar, which I don't know how one is a cat superstar. Like, a couple of the cats talk about how they used to be famous and shit. I'm like, bitch, where? Where were you famous? Frankie, don't you remember Fox and the Hound 2 where... <laughs> Where the hound joins the circus and they have a whole singing hound chorus? I'm assuming there's a singing cat chorus. But don't worry, Grizabella will return because she sings the most popular song in this entire show and probably the best song in the movie. So her and her big puddle of snot will soon return. But in the meantime, we get to enjoy Scott's favorite number in the show. The Bustopher Jones number. The Cat About Town. James Corden cat, everyone. Uh, Okay, so James Corden. When James Corden shows up in a movie, you know, right from the get-go, that you are in for a quality picture. Like prom. Exactly, like prom. Did you watch that? I did. Was it good? Uh, It it was... uh, I wouldn't say it was good. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, okay, let's put it this way. Do you prefer James Corden's performance in this or in that? No, in prom better. Oh, okay. Well, can't be that bad then. He was a human being at least. (laughs) Basically, the whole premise of Bustopher Jones's song is that he's fat and he wants to have a new life so he can be skinny again and then get fat. Now, Frankie, what you don't understand is the impeccable nature of this. A fat cat wanting to go back to be skinny to then become fat again. It's just, it's a sign of the strife of our times. How the- said sarcasm. <laughs> it's all about the message, Frankie. And James Corn's trying to say even the fat cats eat out of the garbage. It's an important, powerful message. Scott, go to the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in the midst of the fat cat fat song, the other fat cat, Rebel Wilson. (laughs) Oh my God, they really shame the fat cat. They really do. McCavity shows up and magically swipes Rebel Wilson away. Now, I know what you're thinking. These cats. Well, (laughs) that's actually really what you're thinking. (laughs) But I know what else you're thinking. Wait, these cats have magic? Yes, some of them have magic. I don't know why. They don't establish it. Well, it's like a black cat. Magic. But they're supposed to be unlucky. That's bad magic. Well, it's magic. Oh, well, I get... Well, would he count as a black cat, McCavity? Because technically Idris Elba is black, but the cat's fur is brown. (laughs) It's very confusing. It's a murky area. (laughs) Let's continue, please. Let's end this. Yeah, let's Um, go. (laughs) So McCavity magics Rebel Wilson away. Also, at the end of Bustopher Jones's song, he magics him away. You find out later that they have been transported to this barge in the middle of the River Thames. And McCavity's old evil plot is to abscond with all of the other Jellicle cats to get them out of the way so he can be the only Jellicle cat standing and he will be the only cat available to be chosen to be reincarnated spoiler alert it doesn't work but that's that's what we got guys <laughs> when McCavity shows up during Bustopher Jones's song to magic him and Rebel Wilson away all the other cats run 
screeching into the night. Except for Victoria. Victoria gets left behind because apparently, even though they really cared about her in the beginning and were introducing her to their whole jellical world, the second they get to ditch her, they just fuck off <laughs> and leave her behind. And she gets picked up by a couple of house cats named Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Eight syllables for two cats. Four syllables each. Why so many syllables? And these two continue our look into the criminal underworld of cats. Is it a metaphor for something in society, dear? Tom Hooper is trying to teach us something here, Frankie. So what are Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser trying to teach us, dear? Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser are trying to teach us how we can steal from ourselves and our family just by being present in time. And I'm just bullshitting here. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, go back to the corner. (laughs) By the way, okay, just so you guys understand, any plot details that I'm giving you, I can pretty much guarantee I didn't pick them up from the movie itself. I picked them up from Wiki. I I had to use Wiki as an assistance to write down plot notes. I couldn't because it's all just so weird and it's like a fucking fever dream. I needed help. Anyway, the two cats and Victoria, Veronica, whatever, they're all in the house playing with the human's jewelry and their underwear and just flailing about being silly and then a dog comes so the two cats with really long names they run out of the room and ditch victoria and victoria gets stuck and she's trapped and she's like oh no the dog's gonna get me but then mr mistopheles comes in to save the day and mr mistopheles throughout the movie has like a little crush on victoria he rescues her from the dog and they have like an almost kiss moment Mm. which is very weird because you're like oh no are they gonna make out (laughs) like no don't do that frankie i don't understand why you're such against the cat's sexuality in this movie we need the cats to make out to express the sexuality needed in this movie says the guy that kept clamoring for the butthole cut (laughs) they're all a bunch of pussies scott So after they have their almost kiss and escape from the dog, they run off to see the arrival of old Deuteronomy. She's coming, guys. She's here. Very slowly, she's coming. (laughs) (laughs) She's making her way downtown, walking slow. (laughs) And uh, old Deuteronomy is an old cat, played by Dame Judi Dench. What was she thinking? I have no idea. (laughs) You were M. You were in James Bond. I'd like to take this moment to issue some apologies to some of the actors who chose to be in this movie. You don't have to apologize to them. They should apologize to us. (laughs) But I I would like to apologize to Jennifer Hudson, to Dame Judi Dench, to Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, God, we haven't even gotten to him yet. (laughs) And to Idris Elba. You all deserved... So much better. But babe, they thought they were going to get that Oscar nomination, you know? They thought they were going to get that Oscar love. Everyone loves an Oscar. But Judy Denchcat plays our old, wizened matriarch, old Deuteronomy, with a big-ass fur coat bigger than her entire body weight. <laughs> they sing the old Deuteronomy song, and uh, halfway through the song, All the cats are joined together and they all start sauntering into the Egyptian theater because that's where they're going to hold the Jellicle Ball. And we proceed to say the word Jellicle literally every third word. Jellicles wash behind their ears. Jellicles dry between their toes. Jellicle cats are white and black. Jellicle cats are of moderate size. I also found it funny because seeing that they went into the Egyptian, I started thinking of the mummy. And how cats are the guardians of the underworld. And uh, when Brendan Fraser holds the cat up to uh, scare away the mummy, that's that's all I was thinking about at this time. Just to help me get through this movie, I was thinking about the mummy. Then we get a a big dance number. Mom actually compared it to the... West Side Story. Yeah, yeah. like the gym scene in West Side Story. <laughs> when you're a cat, you're a cat all the way. <laughs> From your your first first tuna can to your your last last dying day. (laughs) Clearly, 
these dancers are talented especially uh veronica (laughs) victoria yeah francesca hayward is clearly a very talented ballet dancer in in so many movies like this where it's like a bunch of named actors and then a newbie in a, a main role a lot of times that person will like that'll be their big break and they'll like skyrocket and oh she's the hot new thing francesca hayward and that didn't fucking happen i'm sure she thought it was going to which makes me sad because the whole time like while she's dancing i'm thinking oh in her head right now she's thinking this is gonna get me a nomination (laughs) or at least you know a career (laughs) in movies but no (laughs) don't think so dear sorry well she could always do the masked dancer because, you know, that's a big thing now. She can dress up like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> she can, like, do a whole routine where she zips off the cat suit and reveals a dress and then dances around. Oh, dear. We're so sorry. You should have put Francesca Hayward on your apology list. Because the other actors, they probably should have known better. Fine. I will also issue a formal apology to Miss Francesca Hayward. So during this big dance number, some of the cats notice Grizabella hiding in the shadows and they start harassing her and they kick her out of the theater. And as she's leaving, you know, moping down the street. We also get a random song from fucking uh, Miss Hayward. You can't remember her name for the life of you, can you? Nope. Victoria! It's been blacked out somewhere, and I wasn't even drinking throughout this movie. (laughs) If someone put a gun to your head right now, you wouldn't be able to remember her fucking name. (laughs) Probably not. But yes, we get another song that's new to the movie, and it leads to the problem of every musical that has to make a new song for the musical, because it never fits with the fucking musical. Yes, similar to Les Mis... There was an original song created for the movie in order to bait the Oscars. And like Les Mis, this song does not fit at all. It's very clear that it isn't part of the original musical. I feel like out of the movie, if it was just a song, it would be fine. But in the movie, it's like fucking stupid. But that makes perfect sense because it was written by... Andrew Lloyd Webber and Taylor Swift, who is also in this movie, will fucking get there. But according to Taylor Swift, her and Webber were rushing to get this song done. They wrote it mostly over an afternoon, brought it onto the set, performed it for Francesca Hayward, and she sang it and shot it for the movie the same day. So they basically just shit it out to like try and push for an Oscar nomination for original song, which didn't work out. However, it did get nominated for a Golden Globe, but lost to I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, which is a far superior song, also won the Oscar. What did you think of the song, Mom? I don't even remember the song. (laughs) (laughs) So it must have been really good. But the song is essentially establishing, I suppose, that Victoria can somehow relate to the abandonment issues that Grizabella has after she was abandoned by the Jellicle cats. And after that, Deuteronomy, she's like, hey, don't worry, little kitty, you'll be a Jellicle cat someday. I know it. And we're all like, what the fuck does that even mean? (laughs) Why? What does she have to do to be a jellical cat? Is there a hazing process? Yeah, you have to watch cats. (laughs) (laughs) While drinking a gallon of milk. Ew. (laughs) So at this point in the movie, I think the uncanny valley-ness of their faces, I'd gotten used to by this point. And I was just focusing now on like the ever-continuing weird-ass plot that doesn't make any damn sense. Do they have whiskers? I just realized yeah, that. I'm, they I was have whiskers. Okay, because I was had whiskers. Yeah, because I was like, I didn't realize it, but like I'm looking at the human face on the cat bodies. I don't remember them having whiskers, but they could have like just could have blacked it out again. But it, it basically looked like. You know, like in um, amusement parks or something where you have like the cardboard cutout and then you have the hole in the face and you can stick your head in, take a picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. It basically looks like that. Yeah, a little bit. You're right. Yeah. Because it's just like a clearly human face just stuck onto a furry cat face. Yeah, it was very odd. And every time they, if they moved quickly, 
the face wasn't lining up with the cat face so it'd be like just the slightest bit off it was so weird but anyway ugh. <laughs> i'm like this movie is mentally exhausting like it really is if you're tired but you're like anxious and you don't like you can't go to sleep just throw on cats it's on hbo max and you can just have yourself a time and have nightmares of kittens trying to kill you all right so let's move on to our our next cat introduction we get uh magical gus played by ian mckellen who is an aged theatrical cat he sounds like he has a frog in his throat. He kind of sounded like the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz, actually. Yeah. If I were king of the forest. But his whole song is about how he's old. Which, if I'm old Deuterotomy, granted, I'm also old. But, like, if I'm an old cat and I'm watching another old cat singing about being old and I want a new life because I'm old as fuck and I can't do anything, that, I mean, that seems kind of like an obvious choice to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Old Gus deserved a new life before he gets kidnapped by McCavity. Like, Ian McKellen deserves better. He was Gandalf. He was Magneto. He does so much more than he deserves in this goddamn fucking shit show. <sighs> then we get another introduction to Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. Skimble Shanks is a, a tap dancing cat, and his whole song is about how he works on the train I, I don't know he's he spends a lot of time in a train he's wearing a train conductor's outfit i don't know why <laughs> but he is also why does a cat need to tap dance i don't understand because it's a musical scott skimble shanks dances on the railway tracks and honestly the best set of the movie so far because it's cg it kind of looks like a an ikea painting of a of a background but because all the rest of the sets practical or not are very loud and bawdy like this is actually just a nice purple sky and you see big ben in the distance and it's pretty yeah it, it distracts you from the fucking abominations that you're looking at tap dancing <laughs> it seems like you're outside for the first time but he also gets swiped away at the end of his song by mccavity and then while all the cats are hanging out in the theater we get the introduction of let's fucking hang on tight for this name bombalarina what is that what the fuck is that did they say her name in the movie nope no. i had to look that up on the wikipedia <laughs> this cat is played by taylor swift and she is basically mccavity's little lackey and she enters in a big flourish she's pouring catnip onto all of the cats to go crazy or, or pass out because most, right? yeah, yeah. most of them pass out but this song mccavity is basically just taylor swift pumping up idris elba cat until he appears naked. <laughs> <laughs> and Yikes. starts dancing with Taylor Swift. Yikes. There's also a great line in the song, which, oh, Scotland Yard doesn't have anything on McCavity. I'm like, because he's a cat. <laughs> Scotland Yard doesn't investigate cats. Yeah, what is this? The great mouse detective? <laughs> After McCavity shows up, he goes up to old Deuteronomy and is like, well, you have to pick me as the jellical choice now because all the other cats are missing mysteriously. Hmm, I wonder what happened there. But anyway, who cares? Give me the jellical choice. And she refuses. Yes, she does. And McCavity mm. responds by kidnapping her, her and magicking her away. But after McCavity and Taylor Swift cat and Deuteronomy have gone, all the other cats are like, what the fuck? Where's Deuteronomy? We gotta get her back. Oh, what was us? Whatever shall we do? And Victoria pipes up. Oh, I'm sorry. Veronica pipes up <laughs> and says, Oh, Mr. Mistopheles, you are a magical cat. Magic in magicianism isn't the same thing, by the way. Magician is fucking Jove from Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, that's not the same as magic, sweetheart. I don't have time for your magic tricks. Illusions, Dad. You don't have time for my illusions. What? Victoria suggests that Mistopheles use his powers to get Deuteronomy back. And we proceed into one of the two 
actual enjoyable songs i thought from the movie yes this was a fun song me me and mom actually liked the song i don't know if you liked it scott every time they sang the chorus i kept thinking of magical mystery tour instead of (laughs) mr mistopheles did you think about this movie at all while you were watching this movie (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it's a very catchy song about mr mistopheles he tries multiple times to poof magic deuteronomy back and he keeps failing and it's discouraging but after some encouragement from victoria mistopheles is finally able to bring deuteronomy back and all the cats rejoice so now all the cats are happy everything is right with the world right at this moment grizabella returns and Victoria vouches for her and urges her to sing to all the other cats about her feelings, you know, her feline feelings or felines, as I like to say. That's something my dad would have said. You just told a dad joke. Scott, go back, go back in the to corner. the corner. <laughs> and now we get the song of this show, the, the most memorable song. What's it called? <laughs> memory (laughs) ironically enough it's called memory (laughs) jennifer hudson she does a great job like it's a it's a big moment in the show it's a big moment in the movie and it's probably the time where i was least distracted by the ugliness of the film visually but jennifer hudson does what jennifer hudson does which is belt out like a motherfucker despite the fact that she is like sobbing through it, which just gives more credence to my theory that some of these actors really thought that they were Oscar baiting. But mother. Yes. You would agree that this was like the most memorable song of yes. the, the show and the movie. Yes. right? Oh, I think she was great. I love her. She's very good. Yeah. She did great. Yes. It is. She's the best part of the entire movie. It's, what we show up for after that everything else is kind of everything else it's the slightly rotten cherry on top of the garbage pie (laughs) but after the song deuteronomy ends up choosing grizabella as the jellical choice and sends her off to the heavy side lair in a magical chandelier (laughs) okay so this is the point i want to get to (laughs) How do they know that this magical chandelier doesn't just crash after it goes beyond the cloud distance and just like, that's where all these cats they sent off to be reincarnated just crash into the death? It's called faith, Scott. I think it's also called a metaphor, dear. (laughs) I don't think she's really flying up in a magical chandelier. How do you know? She could run into Sandy and Danny up there in their flying car. That's true. Or she could crash in a french theater with a creepy masked murderer in phantom of the opera which is also andrew lloyd weber so you gotta wonder what what he has with chandeliers does he have like a fetish for chandeliers is that a thing yeah is his chandeliers quentin's feet it's all the same well he had the prop so he used it <laughs> yeah you know recycle recycling is good for the environment so she goes off in the chandelier and Scott at this point was like, um, what happened to our villain? Is he just gone now? And I'm like, oh, don't worry. He'll, he'll come up right now. Hold on. And within like 10 seconds, McCavity does show up. He ends up leaping onto the chandelier, grabs onto like a rope and tries to hang off for dear life. But then just within like five seconds falls off onto a statue. He doesn't die. Actually, I my memory from the first time watching it, I thought he died, but he didn't. He just fell onto a statue and was like, curses, foiled again. And that was it. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of anticlimactic, but okay, fine. So the Jellicles all rejoin together as they wave goodbye to Jennifer Hudson Cat. The morning sun rises and they're in the middle of London and you'd think that people would be like going to work. <laughs> but no, it's just a completely empty London town. It was like Planet of the Apes with cats though. 
They, they, <laughs> yeah, they, the they were by the statue, like, you know, the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Of the you maniacs! Yeah. You blew it up! <laughs> but yeah, just cats took over the world while we were all sleeping. But we learned the most important lesson of all. <laughs> the most important lesson of this entire movie. The one that it's been building up to this entire What's movie. The moral, Scott? That cats are not dogs. <laughs> They are not. And that is the lesson Andrew Lloyd Webber wants you to take away from this movie. But the the last song we get called The Addressing of Cats is essentially for the, like 90% of the song, Judy Dench Cat, Old Deuteronomy, is staring directly into the camera and talking to the audience. Basically saying like, listen, we know this was confusing, but all you need to know is that these are cats and we do cat things, not dog things, and everything else is fine. <laughs> Don't be afraid to pet a cat. <laughs> Just make sure you call him by his name, not his slave name, his proper name, and you must address him as Oh Cat. <laughs> oh Jellicle Cat. <laughs> oh my god. And then after that, uh, all the cats scurry away except for Deuteronomy and Victoria, and they have a little moment at the end. And she tells them, oh, Victoria, Veronica, Beulah. <laughs> Snowball. You are officially a Jellicle cat now. And it's like, what did she do? Is it because she told Grizabella to sing? That made her a Jellicle cat? She was annoying like the rest of the cats. But the movie ends. Thank God. <laughs> with old Deuteronomy and Victoria looking off into the sunrise as Grizabella floats off into the distance. And that's Cats. Oh my God. <laughs> we all survived. Barely. Um, why do you keep showing me these musicals? Les Mis was a mess. This is a mess. So I, I would say it's, I don't want to say better. It's better the second time. Because you know what to expect, I guess. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, trust me. If you can avoid never watching this after the first time. Actually, if you can avoid watching this ever, do it. But if you're gonna do it just for shits and gigs, make sure you have alcohol on hand. Um, I gave this a 0.5 out of 5 stars. I also gave it a 0.5 out of 5 stars. I give it a 1. Oh, now why'd you bump it up that little half star from oh, a point I felt five? bad. You know, they all tried so hard. Uh, well, Scott said that too. Scott was actually in between a point five and a one. But I, I would say that it, it's not the actor's fault. I would say that. Yeah, I don't think there's true. anybody acting-wise that's really bad in this, except for like Rebel and James Corden. But they're not in it that much. They're kind of just like bullshit 10-cent comic relief but yeah i'm never gonna watch this again i i did it for the purposes of the show i did it for all of you but two times is more than enough for me i assume that once is also more than enough for both of you yes thank you very much for giving this to me on mother's day you're welcome now uh, i could have just got you like some flowers and a card but i got you this instead oh, thanks. <laughs> if you're gonna do something with talking animals just make it animated. We've learned that this is always a mistake. Like, Jungle Book looked weird. Lion King looked weird. Just make it animated. Mom, yes. uh, do you have any final summation thoughts to share um, with us? It was pretty bad. <laughs> a couple of songs I, you know, tapped along to. But, um, yeah, I would have never watched this on my own. Unless well, you that's, made me. that's what Shoot the Flick is all about. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and um, the next time you do a musical, it better be a good one. Now, if there is ever a revival, a Broadway revival of Cats, shall I get you tickets? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I'll save it for you to go see Mamma Mia again. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was fun. So next week, we are going to continue the streak of So Bad It's Good Movies. Scott is going to show me a... Uh, a long renowned so bad it's good movie that i uh don't want to watch but i feel as though i have earned a little bit of torture after subjecting you and my mother to cats so 
I'm ready for it. And we will be continuing down the talking animal route. Just you wait. Okay, so happy Mother's Day to all. This has been really fun. I promise next time we have my mother on the show, it will be for a better movie than Cats. Yay! Uh, Until next week, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. I'm Scott Eisenberg. Jen Sparks. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our meowy movie adventure. Rough. Oink. <laughs> 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 <laughs>